Welcome back to the Vine Church podcast. Today, we will be continuing our Christmas devotionals, going through David Mathis's Christmas devotional book, The Christmas We Didn't Expect. If you haven't already, you can join us on YouTube at the Vine Church Odium and Church Crookham, and we'd love to have you join us over there. So we're continuing in our Advent studies uh, this Christmas, uh, following uh, the book by David Mathis, Uh, the Christmas we didn't expect. And the readings this week have centered around uh, the story of the shepherds being visited by the angels. And so I'm going to dig in and have a little bit more of a look at this passage in Luke chapter 2, starting in verses 8, going through to verse 20. So Luke Luke chapter 2, 8 to 20. And just going to ask a few simple questions Uh, to which I hope we've got some simple answers, but I think that they're also profound as well. Uh, So first of all, let's ask the question, when did this occasion occur? And Luke frames the account of the shepherds uh, at the beginning of the chapter by talking about Caesar Augustus. Caesar Augustus is uh, in charge of the Roman Empire at the time, and although he himself resisted the um, move for him to be deified, to be made a god. Uh, Nevertheless, uh, he did support his father being um, sort of recognized as a god, and therefore he was kind of a son of gods. Caesar Augustus actually was a big man, a great man who achieved a lot, who brought Pax Romanus, peace, to the Roman Empire after decades of bitter infighting across the empire. He had brought peace. He was regarded, if you like, as a savior to the people. And he was a great man, a savior, a son of God, even people thought and and spoke of him in that sort of way. So that was when. To whom did the message come? And we know that the message, of course, came to these humble shepherds. Martin Luther, the great reformer of the 16th century, suggests in one of his Christmas sermons that these shepherds were pure of heart. Now, we don't know if that's true, of course. It doesn't tell us. Um, Perhaps Martin Luther was more interested in encouraging the peasants and labourers of the German uh, country at the time to be submissive and pure of heart towards their nobles rather than revolting against them. Um, Because actually what we do know is that shepherds were the lowest of the low at the time as a class of people. Uh, The Talmud forbade them from being a witness in a court of law. They were not able to observe the Sabbath because they had to work through the Saturday uh, and therefore they were ceremonially unclean and therefore unable to partake in the worship life of uh, the, uh, the nation. They were, if you like, the least They were the last and they were the left out. Uh, They were the marginalized of society. They were certainly poor as well. And um, we can take that message. Jesus came. God came for the poor, for those who recognize that they are poor, those who recognize that they are needy, ones such as us. A lot of people, unfortunately, where we live, don't understand that they are actually poor and needy and need a savior. 
but God came to these shepherds. And of course, perhaps there's a hint here. We know that David was a shepherd and we're expecting a Messiah who will be a shepherd, the great shepherd who is to come. And so perhaps that theme is also being picked up here. So the third question we could ask is, by whom is the message brought? And of course, we know the answer is it's an angel who brings the message and then a whole company of angels who appear as well. In other words, this message comes directly from heaven, directly from God. There is no intermediary. There is no kind of human agent involved. This is a direct message from God. It is the good news of God. As Paul puts it in Romans chapter one, the gospel of God. It is God's message to humankind. It is God's gospel. As Paul puts it again in Galatians, he says, I didn't make this up. No one else told me this message. This was a revelation from heaven. This was God revealing his message, his good news, his gospel. Uh, th therefore, it follows, of course, that if it is directly from God, then it is going to be absolutely true. And it is also going to be surely vitally important. The fourth question that we could ask about this passage is this. What is the message? What is the message? And of course, we read in verses 10 and 11 that the message is, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be uh, for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. The message is that there is good news of great joy and that it is that there is a saviour. Jesus is given three kind of titles here. He is, he is a saviour, he is Christ, and he is Lord. And that phrase there, Christ, Lord, is literally kind of two words next to each other. It literally says Christ Lord. He is Christ Lord. And this is a very unusual combination of two words in the New Testament. And it powerfully encapsulates the, the message of Christmas, the incarnation. He is Christ, the anointed one. Christ is the Greek word for the Hebrew Messiah. And he is the anointed one, the one who is expected to come, the one who is expected to bring, uh, to be the Messiah who would release people from oppression. So he's going to be a human uh, savior, if you like, a, a human Messiah, a human one after David who would come and bring uh, release from oppression. But then he is also Lord. And that word Lord is uh, used of Yahweh. It is, it is a reference to God. He is, he is God. This, this person, this saviour is going to be a man who is also God, Christ Lord. And this is good news that is going to be shared. It tells us it's good news of great joy. We read back in Isaiah uh, several times about the good news that is going to be proclaimed. Back then, we've got the, uh, the people of God being oppressed by the Babylonians, by the Assyrians, and Isaiah proclaims to them that there is good news that they would be released from their oppression. There is good news. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, who announce to us, our God reigns. 
our God reigns. And that's the good news that is now being proclaimed for this first Christmas to these humble shepherds at the time of Caesar Augustus, the supposed saviour, but actually there is a saviour who is going to bring true release from oppression, who is going to bring not just Pax Romana, political peace, but at the end of Brexit negotiations and all that kind of thing, but who is going to actually bring true peace, peace with God, which will issue in the possibility of peace between people, between men and women. And so an army of angels announces peace, the peace of God that will come through a person, through the Christ Lord. So we've asked ourselves a few questions. When was this brought? Uh, To whom? It was the shepherds. By whom? The angels. What was the message? And then we can ask ourselves, well, how did these angels, these shepherds know that this message was going to be true? How did they know it would be true? And in verse 12, it tells us that uh, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So the sign is you'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger. Now, you could say to to this, well, that's not a great sign, is it? Surely, um, you know, finding a baby in swaddling clothes. I mean, when you go to Bethlehem, there'll probably be a few babies wrapped in swaddling clothes because that's what you do with a baby. You put it in a nappy or you wrap it in a cloth. You wrap it in swaddling clothes. So that's not exactly a great sign. But he'll be in a manger. That word manger is used three times in this passage. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, but he will be in a feeding trough, in a cave, in a feeding trough. I mean, that is a sign. You're not expecting to find that. If you go to Bethlehem and that's what you find, you know that there is something in this. And so that's how they will know. This will be a sign to them. And so finally, we look at this. How did they respond How did these shepherds respond to this great message that was brought to them? And the answer is that they believed. They believed the message and their faith issued in action because true faith always leads to action. And so in verse 15, it says, when the angels had left and gone to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. And see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They knew it was God that had spoken to them. The Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what he had told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. By the way, just this quick note, they have an exchange of views with Mary. They discuss with Mary. Mary tells them her visit from the angel and what the angel had said. And they tell Mary what had happened to them and and the message that they had uh, heard. Now, Luke interviews Mary later on, and that's where Luke gets the account from because Mary shares it with with Luke. That's what we think happened. Um, But what we have here also, Luke loves having two witnesses to things. 
Two witnesses at, on the Emmaus Road, two witnesses which establishes something in a court of law. And here we have the shepherds who have witnessed and heard from the angels and seen the sign. And we have Mary who had the witness, who had the visitation from the angel as well. And so we have these two witnesses establishing the birth, the miraculous birth of Jesus. But what we find is that these shepherds are announcing, they tell everybody the good news. They act quickly and they tell everybody what they have seen and heard. Notice that no one forces them to go out and share their faith. No one says, well, you have to invite people now to the Christmas carol service. It's really your duty, you know, as a Christian, you really should do this. These guys are so excited, they're so full of joy because of this good news that they have heard that they cannot help but tell people what they have seen and heard. And surely this will be true for us as well. When we realise the enormity of this Christian Christmas message of the incarnation, the Christ Lord that has come to bring us peace so that we might be saved. When we realise how big this news is, we will want to tell other people. We will want to invite people. We will want to spread the word, whether that's by the internet, which is what we're emphasizing using this year, or whether it's in person by invitation or whatever it is, we will want to tell people this fantastic news of the gospel. It is the best news ever. Good news. No wonder a host of angels appeared and sang glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. By the way, just notice at the end that the shepherds then returned to their fields and carried on with their work. But everything was different for them now. They didn't go, go off and become monks, as Martin Luther jokes. They didn't shave their heads and, uh, and become monks. No, instead, they went back to their work because who else was going to look after the sheep? And, and so it is with us. We go back to our work. We go back to our humdrum life. We go back to our Zoom meetings or whatever you've got to go back to today. But we're different because we've seen something, because we've heard something, because we've believed something. And therefore, we want to proclaim this something to everyone we meet, wherever we are. So let's go forth with this good news and let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this visitation of the shepherds at Christmas time. We thank you for this good news of great joy. Lord, we ask you that you would fill us with great joy as we understand the greatness of this gospel, that you are our saviour, that you are our Christ, that you are our Lord. We humbly bow before you today. We worship you and we commit ourselves again, Lord, that we might live this good news and share this good news with all those that we meet. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.